Tom Gerhardt and Dan Provost are the guys behind Studio Neat. On this show, we discuss entrepreneurship, product design, and all of the ups and downs that come with running a small business. I'm Mike Hurley, and this is Thoroughly Considered. bit slow in terms of what we can talk about here at Studio Neat. Soon soon that will change, but for right now, we don't have a ton of stuff we can talk about. So, um, I figured it would be fun to talk about um, some of the tools we all like using. Um, and I guess we didn't specify between ourselves if there are any rules nope. uh, to what a tool means. So, just don't disappoint me, guys. I'm basically going to talk about three screwdrivers that I like. Is that what, <laughs> that what you were looking for when you said tools? <laughs> yeah. Well, this one has a wooden handle. It's my favorite. <laughs> so, I mean, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just go one at a time, go around like a round robin? Round robin is the only way to do any of these things. Oh, uh, okay. Well, who wants to go first? I think as creator of said topic, Tom, you should go first. Okay. Well, um... My first one is a piece of software, um, and it's called Autodesk Fusion 360. Ooh. And if you would have asked me a couple years ago if I would right now be using an Autodesk product, I'd be like, no, I don't think so. What? Or at least like gushing and loving on an Autodesk product, I'd be like, are you kidding me? Uh, because for the lot, like I've used Autodesk stuff for a long time. Their main product is, that people might have heard, heard of is called AutoCAD, which is like draft, like computer drafting software. Um, but you know, they're just for the longest time were like a really large behemoth company that just like bought all other pieces of software that existed and like made them just like big and kind of like not interesting. And I don't know, they they just weren't like innovative or modern. But uh, a couple years ago, they introduced this Fusion 360 software. And for the past, um, I guess, almost year now, I've been using it. And it's just really great. It's like completely and utterly modern. And um, it's just kind of like, it's just perfect. It's like perfect for me and what I do. And I think it's just really great and innovative and really fun. So let me just describe what it is. Uh, It's basically a 3D modeling software. So... You know, uh, you would use it to 3D model, you know, any manner of things like something large, something small, buildings, uh, just a little screw. Like, it can really kind of do anything. Um, and it's got some special features there, which I can talk about. But the the thing that makes it really awesome is it's cloud-connected. So, you know, when you ever you make a change to something, it gets synced up to the cloud, and then other people can collaborate it on it and, and view it and that sort of stuff. And then the other thing it really does awesome is it has CAM integrated. So there's CAD, which is computer-aided design, which is like, you know, like 3D modeling. What you'd think of like is 3D modeling. And then there's CAM. Um, and CAM is kind of the software that drives um, fabrication machines. So like 3D printers, uh, CNC machines, uh, CNC lathes anything like that and the the really cool thing about fusion is that there's kind of two different modes in it you can be modeling kind of making changes to the model and then you can flip over to the cam side and use that same model to generate what are called tool paths which kind of 
tell the machine what to do. So you can flip back and forth in between those two worlds seamlessly. Huh. And then that allows you to make the thing in the real, like in the real world pretty seamlessly too. So you have this complete tool chain from going from, you know, like 3d modeling, 2d drawing through the cam, which is always the tricky, like usually really clunky part of the process into, you know, the, the kind of, printing or cnc or whatever and so it's just kind of this one place where i can do everything and it, it's just really great there's a whole bunch of other features that make it awesome it's parametric it has a really good renderer and all this stuff but it's just i don't know it, uh i just loved it so anyone out there who has any inclination towards like any sort of making designing physical things uh definitely 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 check out fusion 360 and the pricing and stuff is really really good um if you're not if you're a small company and i think there's like a revenue limit of like a hundred thousand dollars or something you get it for free uh and then you know it goes but it's not even that expensive compared to kind of most professional level software like that so anyways it's uh it's Awesome. I mean, I find myself spending almost all my time in it uh, now and don't really use anything else. So it's it's great. So I guess one of the good things about this software, because it has the CAM, which I assume stands for computer-aided manufacturing. I'm actually not even exactly sure. I didn't look that up. I think that's what it is, but let me be sure I mean, about that. I assume that's what it stands for. I guess the benefit of having that built in is that you don't design something to its final product without knowing if it can actually be made, right? I guess that's the benefit of having it in the same piece of software as what you're designing in. Yeah, uh, that's not the big... Usually, you when you're designing it, you kind of have to know that from the get-go. I mean, it does right. help, I guess, like help you validate that. Um, right. But but really, what it is, is... Um, <laughs> this, this is going to take a long time. <laughs> Basically, this is a pa- pa- parametric piece of software. And what that means is whenever you make a change to the model, it's uh, everything's a variable. So say I have this, you know, I'm designing a part and it starts out with some little sketches and then it kind of builds and builds and builds into this final thing. And you can kind of imagine like a timeline there of all the changes you've made. You can go back to any point in that timeline and make a little tweak. and It'll actually update everything. So right. I can like, you know, say make something 25 millimeters tall instead of 24 and it will update all of the kind of work I've done. And because the cam is integrated in Fusion 360, it also will update the tool paths or whatever I've done on the cam side of things from the model. And so it's just really seamless to make these changes and try out all this different stuff and it updates automatically and I can just kind of push go on whatever kind of fabricating machine I'm using and it works. And so it's just you know, really accelerates um, that process of kind of back and forth. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of other uh, really awesome advantages too. But in general, just like it's, it's real sweet. It feels like the future. <laughs> Dan, what's your first pick? One that jumped out at me. So my, I guess, number three pick, I'm going to go in reverse order, is my camera, which is a uh, Olympus EP5 micro four thirds camera. And, um, I, I I don't know exactly why it it jumped out at me to include this list. And I I think it's just my growing realization of how important photography slash images are to my life. And especially as someone with a terrible memory, like how important it is to, 
be keeping this kind of a, an ongoing record of my life and important things that happen. Um, and so it's, it's kind of an interesting shift for me because, you know, and, and I guess basically kind of in college, you know, if you're in a design school, everyone kind of dabbles in photography and you're looking at it as kind of a, an artistic medium. And so I always kind of held it at that distance. Um, and then there was, it was, there was a shift at some point. I don't know if it was after I got married or, or kind of settled down a little bit. And then you just realize the importance of photographs as memories rather than artistic expression. And I know this is like a super obvious thing for a lot of people, but, uh, it's, it's just something that's become really important in my life. And, you know, I'll, uh, I'll like print a book every year of like all the, uh, best photographs, um, that I took that year. Or like, if I go on a trip, I'll, you know, I'll make a book of, of just that trip. And so I don't know, photography has just become a really important part of kind of my life and just memories. And, uh, and this camera has become an important tool in, in fulfilling that. Why not your Why not your smartphone? That's coming later. Oh, ooh, ooh, look at that spoiler town! <laughs> Thanks for spoiling, God. <laughs> okay, Michael. All right, so I'm gonna pick something that is super boring and obvious, but for a, a good reason for me anyway, and it's uh, Apple's Notes app. Mm-hmm. So when uh, I think we were all in the same room when Apple announced the upgrade to Notes at WWDC 2015, and everyone kind of just laughed and shrugged it off because it was like this is this is dumb. Like nobody <laughs> nobody wants to use Apple's crappy Notes app. It looks like the UI is made of paper and it's just stupid. And everybody's written it off for so long, but I don't know what made me try it. But I ended up trying it, and Apple's Notes app has become one of the most important tools that I have to do my work. And it's for a couple of reasons. One, it's super easy to sync stuff, and the syncing engine is surprisingly good to the point where I use so many different devices. I use like three three iOS devices constantly, and I use a Mac pretty much every single day. And some of the way that it deals with sync conflicts and stuff is is kind of amazing. So say, for example, I've added some text into a note and then open another uh, iOS device and start adding more text to the same note but having given it a chance to sync. It just pushes all of that stuff in chronologically. Like It just recognizes it and it will push down the new stuff and add in the old stuff. And you can see it happen. It's just like, pink, and then it's all in there. And that type of conflict resolution of just like, we're going to fix it. It's never burned me. And it's so much better than tools I've used in the past, like Evernote, where it just creates duplicate notes because mm. it's not a hundred percent sure of what to do. Now I know yeah. Apple is making some decisions, which I am sure that might have bitten some people in the past, but it's never been a problem for me. And I really like that. It's just doing it. It just deals with it. Right. It's just like, Hey, we're going to just put everything in here. We're working it all out for you. That kind of conflict resolution seems incredibly tricky to do, but they find a way to do it real nice. Uh, the sync is super quick anyway, but sometimes I just manage to beat it. Well, that's an interesting. I mean, I, the, I guess it's because it's text. That's like that seems like the smartest like sync policy where just 
just like add everything. Like if yeah. there's new text, just like add it somewhere instead yeah. of like trying to decide what to delete or whatever. It's like you can totally just get it done, right? Like it's yeah. fine. Just just put it in. And, but the other big thing for me is the uh, extension on iOS. So I can be anywhere in iOS and I can share a link or a tweet or some text using the share extension and just choose notes that I want to add it to. And it appends them whatever I'm whatever the new text or link is that I want to do it appends it just to the bottom of the chosen note that I selected or I can make new notes from there and this is so useful to me and it's become a really important part of my kind of workflow for the shows so let's say for example somebody sends me a link on Twitter for something that they think is follow-up or feedback or something that should be addressed or I see a link or a story or an article or somebody sends me an email with something that we want to include uh, on, a, on another show Previously, I would lose a bunch of this stuff because, like, I didn't have the time to look at it now or whatever, and it would just—I'd be like, "Oh, I'll remember to add that later," and I'd just forget about it. But now I'm able to just take that link or take that story or take that text and just immediately just add it to a note. Um, and then I, what I do is on the morning of each of my shows that I do, I will go in, I will open Apple Notes, take a look at what's in there, and then take what's useful, read what I need to read, and then add it to like the, the running show document for that episode. Like, it's become. The, the most perfect inbox for all of that stuff along with just a bunch of things that i put in there so like my top three tools list today is in apple notes that was where i put it because i just opened apple notes and started typing it in there because i know it's available to me wherever i want but little reminders that i set for myself you know like a little thing a little idea that i have that i just want to throw in somewhere it all just goes into apple notes because i ultimately know that it's going to be there when i need it and it's just become the place that i go to find and add that stuff it's funny that like sync is the because you didn't mention any like features that are you would typically think of as features. It's funny that like sync is the reason for all of those things, right? The fact that it's reliable and like everywhere and it's sync plus the the extension, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're the two things that make it good for me. Like there are a bunch of things that I would fix and change. But the fact that those two are there and they're so easy and they always work uh, is why mm -hmm. I, I like it. You know, all of the other apps that I tend to use on my devices, they work like 95% of the time. I have never had a problem with Notes. Um, and it's one of my favorite apps that I use every day. And I use it every day. Well, it's, it's funny because uh, with the iPad Pro and the Pencil, I actually just end up using this sketching like the sketching yep. uh, pencil in notes. And I have like literally every single other drawing app that's like, you know, notable yet. I like the pencil implementation for like the actual like pencil, pencil tool in the notes app better than anything else. And like that is also was really super surprising to me that like for some reason there's like the simplicity and like the responsiveness of it is just like the sweet spot. And it's also like a huge, um benefit that yeah like you're saying it syncs really well across everything but yeah it's I, i've actually been using notes as well whereas before i like never open like would never open or even think about it but uh yeah they really uh turned the corner with that thing they sure did and dan you use notes right yeah i'm a notes user as well and i i suppose i switched uh about the time same time as you mike when they you know, when they did the big update and actually, so I didn't, I didn't switch at iOS seven when they added like the paper texture and everything, but no, I switched when I. they added the, uh, you know, all the, uh, uh, no take like the, um, the pencil stuff. And 
Uh, yeah, I really like it. I mean, previously I was doing basically just text documents in Dropbox and then I could just pick, you know, a byword or whatever app to use. But yeah, I, I've come to really like notes for the same reasons you said. And I don't really use the extension, but uh, everything else, the fast syncing and such. Um, but I've come to really, I've, I've kind of had a shift where I'm like intentionally kind of forcing myself to use first party apps to see how I like them. Uh, because I, I think it all started when I was just getting tired of burned over and over again by all the third party email apps that kept, you know, shutting down or, or whatever. Uh, so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to use mail.app and Ugh. see how it goes. And <laughs> I actually like, like it, like it's 95% good and, uh, reliable. And so I've started, I've kind of given first party apps another go. And I think a lot of them have gotten a lot better since, you know, since I last abandoned them, you know, several years ago. Um, and it's, it's kind of nice and it's just it's the, the comforting fact that like this app is always going to be here to me is like almost reason enough to use it. Dang. Except for iPhoto. <laughs> Tell me you're up. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah, see, I have one that's kind of boring. I'm going to okay. say it anyways. So, well, I really struggle because I really have two boring ones, but I don't want to do two boring ones, but they're really easy. So I'll just say them. So, um, my, the exacto knife that I have at my desk all the time, I probably touch it like 10 or more or 20 times a day, honestly. Um, and I'm guessing, you know what an exacto knife is, right? Uh, Mike? Yep. Okay. It's like a scalpel looking thing, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. But I, I, I like a specific blade. So the normal blade that you would think of is kind of like a really super pointy and like a really acute angle. Um, but I like a style that is like truncated. It's kind of a short, more stubby blade. I think it's a number. I think it's a number 11. It's either number 11 or 16. I don't have a new one. Um, but yeah, I use an exacto blade like literally over 10 times a day. I use them to open boxes. I use them to like clean up 3d prints. I use them to like cut everything. Uh, it's like literally like one of the most important things I use all the time, which is so like weird because it's such a little simple thing and like scissors also work. But for some reason, um, I, I don't know. I just always reach for it. I, it might be because of architecture school. So an undergrad, like the tool that you use a lot of times as you're making models is a little, an X-Acto blade. And so maybe that's why I have them lying around and that's why I use them all the time. But I don't know that that it really is. Uh, I think one of my fave, my favorite things. Um, Dan, do you use exacto blades? Because you have the same deal. Where you were in architecture school and you made models and stuff. Yeah, I, I certainly have one and use it, but not frequently, just because I'm not like all the things you just said. Uh, I'm not like cleaning up 3D prints and stuff like that. Uh, and I have, I actually have, uh, I kind of have an old Swiss army knife, which almost made my list, which is kind of fulfills the same role where it's like any time I need to just cut something, it's just like sitting there like opening packages and stuff, but it's, it's pretty crusty. Like it's not nearly as sharp or precise as, as an exacto knife. But like I said, it's just for like opening packages and such. I just got my first knife recently. What do you mean? Like a fixed blade knife or like a, what do you mean? Like a outdoor knife? 
It's, I don't. I don't even know what you would call it, right? It's by a company called Cricket, I guess. It's C R K T, and it's just one of those knives. You flick it open, and it fixes into place, and then you have to kind uh-huh. of flick a switch to basically put it back in again. Yeah. Um, and it's changed my life. Just wait. Why has it changed your life? Just like opening boxes. Oh. Like I never had anything that did that before. And now I have one. What do you one. mean? Well, what would you use? <laughs> I didn't like have a knife. You literally didn't have a knife. Like you're just using Yeah, your... or like keys or like a, a pen or something. <laughs> just like just like claw packages. I one, I don't know why this is so funny for the both of you. Like, if you live in a house of knives or something, I don't really know what's going on. But not everybody has knives, you know. Like, in my field of vision right now, there are one, two, three... Four, five, six objects that uh, are basically knives. Well, look, at the end of the day, you guys are clearly live more dangerous lives than I do. But, like, not everybody makes physical products, right? And I guess that's the yeah. difference. Like, I just only ever need a knife, like, maybe once or twice a week. And there are other sharp objects that can cut stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what I was using yeah. before. But now I have this little cricket knife. And I don't even know what it's called, but it's just called Cricket. And it's got this, I don't know. I'll see if I can try and find it for the show notes. But I'm very yeah. happy with it because uh, now I have something that is easy for me to open packages with. Yeah. So I like playing with it. I like doing this with it. Mm. But Be you know, careful. I, I was very careful. <laughs> How did you select that knife specifically? It was given to me by a friend. Oh, oh hey, did they... Wait, did you pay them anything for it? No. Oh, Michael, 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 Michael. Uh, there's a superstition. Uh, I'm sorry, law, uh, law oh. of man. Oh, wow. That um, it's bad luck to give a knife as a gift because it severs the friendship. Uh, so you might want to pay that friend a penny or a pence, whatever you call them. Okay. Uh just to make sure it wasn't a gift because i'll paypal him yeah because you don't want to you know you don't want to mess with that stuff very serious i mean we kind of have a working relationship so maybe i could just accept doesn't matter if a gift can be a gift oh no it doesn't work so just i'm just saying watch out ides of march and all that stuff you know oh man i just cut my hand off (laughs) 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 oh man i just cut my hand off see how easy it was that really was a bad luck knife (laughs) <laughs> hmm. okay all right well i'll bear that in mind thanks for the omen good good uh, is it my turn now i think it is right yeah i'm gonna pick it something is. that's so obvious for me um but i'm gonna pick it for the non-obvious reason which i've spoken about a bunch but i just want to say it here too it's the apple pencil and it is a drawing tool right like apple introduced it as such they tried to make it specifically just a drawing tool at one point they want people to draw with it in apps and they want people to draw with it in notes and stuff like that. But uh, the main use I have for the Apple Pencil is to allow me to navigate the UI of the iPad. I use a Wacom on my Mac. I have done for probably around a year now and I really, really love it. But the main reason I love it is because it doesn't give me any RSI problems. I was struggling a bit which was why uh, with using mice, which was why I switched to a Wacom Uh, Because it allowed me to put less stress on my hands because I'm able to kind of split the the way that I interact with computers. I'm left-handed writing but would always use a mouse in my right hand. Um, 
so I, to this day now, I, I use a trackpad on the right and uh, Wacom on the left. And this, I do this a lot for my editing. So I'm able to pan and zoom and make precision. But hmm. pre- previously, I was doing everything with my right hand. Um, and now I'm able to split that up a bit when I kind of worked out this two-handed solution. But the main way that I interact with my computer is with the Wacom. Uh, on my Mac. So when the iPad Pro came out with the Apple Pencil and I discovered you could use it to interact with UI elements, um, I just flocked to it. And I don't use it constantly, but I use it a lot. Like if I'm sitting down to do some serious work, um, I'm going to pick up the Apple Pencil and I'm going to use it to tap around and I can use my other hand as well to like hit different things and zoom and pan around. So like say, for example, I'm doing something in a spreadsheet, I'm able to see way more of the spreadsheet because I don't need to zoom in so much because I have a precision pointing tool to hit within cells when they're smaller, right? As opposed to needing to make them bigger so my big fat fingers can hit them right. You know, so I really love it for that. It was not intended to be used for this, but it is a use case that I and a couple of others have found and love so dearly. Um, And it has made the iPad Pro that along with the keyboard, you know, but but mainly for me, the pencil is what sold me on it because it's made it a just a real easy to use, indispensable tool that is also helping to minimize on any problems I might call from, cause myself in the future. So when you're using the pencil with your iPad, the iPad is like standing up. It's like on a stand or like a smart cover or something. It right? can be on a stand or in my lap or on a desk or like I use it kind of everywhere, but I'll use the pencil with it. Yeah, because I so I've I've actually beyond the pencil as a drawing tool, um, like whenever I so I do like sketch quite a bit with the pencil and the iPad Pro. It is like a complete game changer. Um, but when I am doing that and then switch to like like looking at a website or something, I do find it pretty nice to have that kind of long reach of a pencil to kind of swipe and stuff when I'm yeah. sitting and using the iPad in my lap. It's kind of yep. like a thing longer or something. It, it like, it, uh, I don't know, it is nice in that way. Um, and I could see myself using it for navigation quite a bit too. Um, if I ever, I almost only use my iPad for sketching. So it's a little bit strange. Um, but yeah, I, 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 could, I could kind of see you, but I do... In general, I I think the the I, Apple Pencil is like, I don't know, it's it is like completely game changing. You know, like I mean, we've oh, built yeah. like we've made a stylus, like we are very familiar with styluses. <laughs> this this is it changes everything. I mean, I think it completely changes the game. It changes the iPad for me. I mean, it's just like being able to sketch and have it feel basically like paper and then have the added benefits of undo and rotate and zoom in and all that stuff. It's just like, I don't know, it's really, really cool. Like you guys know, like this thing is not an iPad stylus in the way that you guys could never have built this, right? It's just not possible for you to do this. So much more had to happen. Like Apple had to put stuff in the screen of the iPad to get it to be as good as it is. So that's kind of what's made it so fantastic is because it's so like integrated into the system. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, that is purely the, 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 the reason why it's, it's awesome. So, I mean, I, I definitely have some gripes with it, uh, in terms of like where it goes and like how you store it and all that stuff. But in terms of it as a stylus, yeah, it, it's really, really nice. Yep. All right. So I think Tom, my background to you now, right? For your third and final pick. I've only done one. Dan, 
It's well, damn, you need to stand damn. up for yourself, man. <laughs> you know? When we're skipping over right you. Over me. When we're skipping <laughs> over you, you need to lay down the law and let us know. This is the problem with round robin, right? Sometimes you <laughs> hop over people. I thought it was like a snake draft where we were going back and then forward again. <laughs> I have no it's like idea. like setting up settlers of Catan. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Well, my uh, number two pick is a uh, web app slash iPhone app called To Do. To To Do. T T E U X. Maybe like To Do. To Do. To Do. And yeah, there's not really much to say about it. It's. It's a to-do app. Uh, it was created uh, by uh, Tina Roth Eisenberg of uh, of Swiss Miss, and uh, she collaborated with someone. Uh, I'm forgetting who. I think Fictive Kin, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those pieces of software that is not for everyone. It, it's probably kind of too simple for a lot of people that want kind of a more heavy-duty. Um, type of uh, task management thing but it's just one of those things that it's just like yes this this clicked with uh exactly yeah. how i think about the day and think about the week and think about things i need to accomplish so it's just like one of those magic things that happens every once in a while where it's like yes this is you know this this was designed for me um so yeah to do i have a question dan because i okay. use to to do too um to do. do you so the way to do works is when to you do. look at it on a web page <laughs> it's like four or five days like like mm-hmm. the five days um kind of surrounding the current day and they're all lists that can have to do items on them and you can like move to do items around on each day um i end up all my to do's just end up piling on one day and they're like in order of like when i need to do them but they're not like scheduled on a day Dan, do you like move a to-do item over to like Friday or something and make sure they're all done by the end of the day or how, how do you use it? Uh, I, I don't really do that. I just, um, more or less, I'm just adding items to the day I'm on. It's just like, oh yeah, I need to do this today. Oh yeah, I need to do this today. And they're unordered, uh, cause it's usually not a super long list. Like I don't, I don't prioritize or anything like that. It's just like, these are the things I need to do today. And what's nice about to do, uh, that's, and part of the design is every item that you don't check off for that day just automatically shifts to the next day. Um, so I will occasionally be like, oh, yeah, I need to do this, but not today. And I'll assign it to a specific day. Uh, but yeah, I don't know if that's what you're asking, but that's, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, pretty much um, it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. But I, I used to do as well. And I, I like it as well. It's really clean. It's all Helvetica-y. And right, it is Helvetica. Am I going crazy? No. Uh, no, it's not not the like headers and stuff. Yeah, not the headers. Anyway, it's, uh, yeah, it's really... I agree. It, it's really nice. Tommy, you just don't know your fonts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do if I think about it for a second. Yeah. Uh, Is that papyrus but... up there? <laughs> Is that a uh, American typewriter? <laughs> oh, I love that. those comic sounds you got going on in your to-do application. To-do. There we go. Dan, we should prove everyone wrong and use comic sans and like packaging or something and do it well, do it nicely. 
Yeah. Can it You're be right, done? It's possible. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sh- sh- well, maybe it had to be ironic. All right, then, wise guy, make it happen. <laughs> you, you got all these fun ideas. You probably can't do it well. Maybe, maybe it's like a subhead or something. Anyways, I guess it's my turn again, even though I was interrupted by Dan rudely. Wanting his second one. So, um, so I should, in the third slot, I should say 3D printer because it's really useful and really good. But I'm not going to say that. And I'm going to say my caliper. Uh, and I actually have two calipers. I have a metric caliper and an imperial caliper. And I, just like my X-Acto knife, touch them and use them all the time and i think they're really great and it is kind of boring but it is really great i don't know are you familiar with a caliper mike is that the thing that has kind of like two little i don't know what you call them teeth or arms and you move them to measure things exactly yeah it's uh yeah it's it's kind of like they're really good for like measuring around things because you know if you try to get like a tape measure or something it's hard to figure out you know, where the maximum like diameter of something is. But calipers are really good for measuring insides and outsides of like circles and stuff. But I use them to measure literally everything um, that's like, you know, under six inches. And the kind of ca- calipers I have are called dial calipers. And so they're, they're like manual. And the way they work is there's like a little kind of dial that spins and spins around on them as you open and close it. And, and like I said, I have two. I have a real fancy one that is accurate to one thousandth of an inch. Um, and that's actually like needed because when we get you know, like metal machined metal parts back, um, I will often have to measure and see, you know, how big they are and if they've been made correctly. And, you know, down to a couple thousandths is, is, is what they should be kind of accurate to the tolerances and stuff. So for me having a, I first bought a caliper because I just needed a really accurate way to measure, but I just uh, fell in love with it as a measuring device because it just stays accurate. I can always trust the measurement and it's just really nice to kind of always have that precision there. And then we kind of made a decision as a studio to try to use metric more uh, like a year or so ago. So I got a metric caliper um, so I could start working in metric uh, as much as possible but yeah, I don't know. I would. I just really have really loved dial calipers. There's something about them. It's like when I can measure something down to like a tenth of a millimeter every single time, it just feels really good. Um, so that would be my third pick. Uh, it is, I know, very specific probably to like what I'm doing. But uh, I don't know. It, I uh, They're really satisfying and they look kind of cool and they're fun to use. What is your preferred caliper brand? Well... I don't think I have the best. So the the fancy one I have is is a Starrett, S T A R R E T T, and those run like seventy, eighty, hundred bucks um, for the really accurate ones. And you probably don't need that. Really, getting probably a digital caliper that does metric and imperial, uh, they're fine and they're good, and they're like you know you can get them one for like twenty bucks on Amazon, and it's like perfectly fine for most things. Right. Um, so yeah, I uh, I don't know. I really like it. Now, Dan, because I skipped over you, I'm going to let you go now because I feel bad. Oh, I thank feel real you. Bad, you know. Well, it's all right. It's it's already been spoiled by Tom. Uh, but my number one pick is my iPhone. 
That's an interesting pick. <laughs> is that your pick no, too? No, it isn't. It isn't my pick. <laughs> why? Why is that interesting? I mean, you know, it's pretty broad, it's there, buddy. Ob- you know, <laughs> too obvious. It's like I pick computer as my as my pick. Yeah. So. I, I picked it kind of intentionally because I think it is important to just like take a step back every once in a while and just be like, holy shit, like this thing, <laughs> we're like living in the Jetsons future that we were promised. Uh, and I, I think back to, uh, I was reminiscing today, thinking about this topic, thinking back to like when I was in say like middle school age. And it was like, what are the things, what were like the tech gadgets that I just like lusted after and really wanted? And it was uh, like a mini disc player, um, a Game Boy Color, uh, and then uh, some, you know, like a a digital video camera. Um, And it's just like crazy that this like hard rectangle that I carry around in my pocket is just like all of those things and then some, and I know this is like obvious and I know it's like, Oh, you picked an iPhone, you picked a computer, but I do think it is important to, uh, you know, to sometimes take a step back and, uh, you know, especially when we're, um, you know, belly aching about, uh, the removal of headphone jacks and things like that. It, it's good to just like, you know, recognize what a like freaking miracle this thing is that it actually like exists and, and does what it can do. And just, uh, you know, the communicating with, with friends and being able to like edit movies and just like all this stuff that I wanted to do so badly as a kid is just like literally at my fingertips and in my pocket. It's, I don't know. It's, it's a crazy thing. And you are a iPhone success user I'm, I'm guessing i actually i actually only have a six this is oh like the word. first year the first year in a in a Oof. in a streak of four or five years that i that i chose not to upgrade imagine how happy you would be with an upgraded phone i know i, I know. know what an idiot i it's <laughs> uh, a few more months <laughs> it's funny though i think what's really cool like also about that is it's also a tool that we can change, right? So the fact that we can develop software for that tool that like extends its capabilities and makes it custom, like to me, that is even, it makes it even way cooler and fancy and like super futury because it, it basically means that you have this like unlimited shape shifting like tool in your pocket that can kind of become anything. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, it is like all, always crazy to. I think the reason why it seems silly to have that as a pick for the coolest tool is because like everyone knows that's the coolest tool, right? It's yep. like it, it is so obvious that it is like the awesomest thing. Uh, but yeah, it is. Uh, that's why it's a crime to have anything else as your number. It's true. One pick. I mean, really, you should just be like <laughs> the internet. But you know, <laughs> so I didn't rank mine. At- Tom, I don't think you did either, right? You didn't rank yours three, two, one. Nah. Like did. No, I didn't I'm, not in, I'm not into judgment like that. You know? Okay, that's interesting. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take us down to Nerdy Town um, and pick. So you guys picked a super light to do application with a silly name, and I have picked the heaviest of all to do applications, and not even that. A very specific super nerdy thing about it. So I'm going to pick OmniFocus's new automation tools. So 
I've been an OmniFocus user for a long time and they've just introduced some automation stuff, which is very tricky to understand and they have some documentation for it, which I'll put in the show notes. But once you're able to kind of get your head around it, it uses a format called task paper for this stuff, like to make it work. So what you're able to do is you, you write out a bunch of tasks that you want to be added automatically when you trigger some kind of action. So you would write all these tasks out, you can, and you write them all out in text, and you're with a bunch of parameters that they're able to give you. You can set due dates, defer dates, you can set due dates that happen after previous tasks have been completed, you can assign contacts and projects and all that kind of stuff to it. Um, some of it's way more complex than I use, uh, but for some of the stuff that I have it working on right now, I've written out a bunch of lists. It's like 32 tasks that I need to complete to post an episode of Cortex. It's it's quite a complex thing that we go through now because it has a bunch of things. It has dependencies from multiple people uh, and a bunch of little parts need to occur for that show to make sure that it can reach all the people that it normally reaches. It's 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 kind of a different beast to, to what I'm used to doing. And as well as audio, there's also a YouTube video that I create at the same time. So there's lots of tasks and I want to make sure that I get them all right. So what happens is I, I have a task in my OmniFocus, which is to remind me to trigger the workflow. And I have it, so I have the workflow app. Are you familiar with the workflow app? Yep. Mm-hmm. So I have my task list in the workflow app. So all I do is press a button and then magically 32 tasks or something like that. I think it's 32 tasks get added to my OmniFocus just like this. They're just in there. And then I'm able to go through and check off all of the ones that I want to check off. And then it's ready for me to hit next time. So this and stuff like is like an order. Yeah. That, that, whatever order mm-hmm. I want to set them. So uh-huh. I set them all with specific due times because, you know, I, I, I usually post at a certain time. So I know when it needs to be. But people are doing incredibly more complex things than the one that, than what I'm doing. Uh, but I use my uh, I use OmniFocus quite simply. You know, I, I use it as just here are things that I do on certain days. Every task that I add to OmniFocus gets a due date, and then I use their forecast view, so it shows everything on a calendar, so I can kind of get a view as to how much I've got going on, and I move stuff around. I don't really use projects and contacts and all that kind of GTD stuff, but just the ability to automatically add like 32 tasks into my OmniFocus because they're all tiny fiddly things that I need to do as opposed to it, what it was before, which was like post cortex and was relying on me to remember all of those 32 little mm-hmm. things. This is just a far superior way for me to be able to make sure that I've got all of that stuff taken care of. And it is incredibly nerdy and it's not very well documented and it does require like a bunch of sitting down and playing around with it. Um, but I really do love it, and I know that people. I know I know some people that are working on some guides and stuff to make this stuff easier for people to understand. Um, and when all of that stuff starts to get out there, I think it's going to be even better for OmniFocus users. But hmm. OmniFocus is a big financial barrier to get into. Um, it is a professional app made by the Omni Group, and they treat it as such, and they price it as such. But I've been a happy OmniFocus user for so long, and then when they add tools like this, it makes me an even happier one. So I've picked OmniFocus Automation as my third and final pick. Dang. So organized. I, I bet that app's going to get way cooler when Siri, like API Siri stuff, can get added to it. I don't. You can't be yet, right? But uh, soon, that seems like that would be 
a pretty nice thing. Just be yeah. like, hey, Siri, remind me to blah, 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 blah. So they have like a way that you can do it by hacking reminders, but like I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to get into yeah. that. Like I want like a full on, this is how you do it type thing. You know, like yeah. I want it to just know what OmniFocus is and add that task to OmniFocus. I don't want to hack reminders. Yeah. Yeah, it'll probably be within a year, I bet. I hope so. I hope so. I'm a bit upset about the Siri API, but that's a conversation for another show. But so there you go. There's my super nerdy uh, OmniFocus pick for you. You are a nerd. I am a nerd. We're all nerds, though. You pick calipers. You know? Yeah. What do you want? What do you want That's from true. You, you say that like it's a bad thing. And then we have Mr. iPhone over here. Mr. Camera and Mr. <laughs> iPhone. Push up your glasses, Dan. I'm sure they're on your nose. Yuck, 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 yuck. Thoroughly Considered is a joint production between Relay FM and Studio Neat. If you'd like to find links and notes for this episode, head to relay.fm slash tc slash 14. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next time.